Hi listeners, popping in here to tell you an exciting professional announcement on my end. Many of you probably know, or maybe you don't, that I am the Senior Celebrity and Royals Editor at Marie Claire Magazine. As of this month, I've taken over our Read With MC book club, and it is my hope to grow it to the size of other book clubs I love and have mentioned on the show before, like those of Jenna Bush Hager, Reese Witherspoon, Queen Camilla, even Oprah Winfrey. Now look, I'm never going to be Oprah, but a girl can try. A lofty goal, I know, but that's what I do. I make lofty goals. Anyway, I'd love for you to join me and Read With MC, as if you're listening to this show, I hope you like my taste in books, and you know that just how I only bring you the best of the best on I'd Rather Be Reading, I plan to do the same with Read With MC. I'm so excited to tell you about my very first Read With MC book pick, and that is One in a Millennial on Friendships, Feelings, Fangirls, and Fitting In by Kate Kennedy, which is out January 23rd, this Tuesday. Kate is a podcaster so many know and love. She hosts Be There in Five and is a dynamic pop culture commentator. When I read One in a Millennial, I felt so seen. Kate is a year younger than me. I was born in 1986, and I believe Kate was born in 1987. And in this book, Kate wrote everything I wish I could have written about being a millennial, but I probably wouldn't be able to articulate as concisely and perfectly as she did. I laughed. I cried. And I found in Kate the voice of a generation. This book essentially nails down the millennial experience into a 336-page book. And y'all know I love to quote passages from books, so here are a couple that stood out to me. Kate writes, For most of my early life, I felt like an amalgam of the people, pop culture, and zeitgeist around me, foregoing the discomfort of forging my own identity and instead burying it in other people's whose coolness had already been pre-approved by society. And another one, I have been tricked into signing up for a credit card not once but twice at football games because it seemed reasonable to exchange the potential identity theft for a pilled fleece blanket or a free mouse pad. Kate, side note, this has happened to me too, except it was for a pizza. So what does that say? Anyway, back to Kate. This advertising tactic on college campuses was so predatory, it's now illegal. But credit card companies asking for social security numbers at social functions was just one of the many things millennials were up against that we're still paying for. Thankfully, I'm not paying for the pizza credit card, but I know some are. Okay, another passage from her. To make matters worse, it's hard to defend ourselves because the act of not taking criticism well can easily be reduced to whiny millennial behavior. This is me now speaking and forgive my whiny millennial behavior, but millennials graduated from college during the Great Recession, many of us. Many of us married and started families in the midst of a global pandemic. We are facing crippling student loan debt and a housing crisis. I have had what feels like endless conversations with my friends about how we never really stood a chance. I don't know any of my friends outside of those who inherited wealth or are in the 1% who aren't in some way struggling financially. Was the deck always stacked against us? Maybe. And by the way, I'm sure you can get something out of this book if you're not a millennial, but I can't speak to that because I am a millennial. So give it a try and see. Okay, a couple more. Kate writes that millennials had especially disproportionate expectations relative to our realities. When our parents told us we could be anything we wanted, it was within the confines of what reality looked like in the 1980s, 1990s, and early 2000s. 
but the rules changed. For example, when you're told you need to get a college degree to get a job and become financially stable, only for the job market to change and the college degree to become the thing making you financially unstable, amen, Kate, it's a hard adjustment that can affect the rest of your life. I've also noticed among friends and listeners that our coming of age during the information age made for a particularly confusing early adulthood. We planned our lives without a lot of information, making key life decisions more grounded in traditions, but are now in a world that's inundated with information and therefore surrounded by opportunities that didn't exist when we were planning our dreams. I mean, if that passage didn't sell you on the book, I don't know what will. I felt, again, so seen in this book. Kate writes about something she calls the millennial paradox when she says, I've discovered that members of my generation want to seize the opportunity to pursue passion over a predictable profession, but are torn between the traditional values they held growing up versus the modern opportunities that greeted them once they did. To me, this is the nucleus of the millennial paradox. Again, Kate, some days I find myself working toward things like a stable career, having kids and owning a home, only to wonder if those are things I genuinely want or if they are things I always thought I'd have, never knowing if their absence makes me conflate grief with desire. Somewhere in between the pursuit of passion and the desire for respect and stability, you'll likely find a lost millennial recently hit square in the head with thoughts about how they were raised to feel like one in a million who never thought in a million years they'd find themselves here in many ways back at square one like that makes me that this kind of writing makes me want to cry because again I feel so seen so I am 37 we are in that space as Kate puts it where we're still too young to be taken seriously by older generations but and I can relate to this now too old to be considered cool by younger generations I felt that I also felt how she wrote that boy bands like NSYNC and Backstreet Boys screwed us up when it comes to love and expectations of it. She writes, in my earliest adolescence, I was probably like, damn, men are so nice. They love me so much. This will never change. They all in their own way made me believe that by simply existing, someone will swear by the moon and the stars in the sky that they'll be there. That's a song from All for One. Anyway, back to Kate. This is not a bad disposition. It just never matched up to my actual romance experiences where I felt utterly disrespected or rejected in most of my interactions with men before meeting my husband. Okay, so if you know what any of these things that I'm about to say are, you need to click the link in the show notes and go and buy this book. So let's play a game of either or, shall we? Instinct or Backstreet Boys? That's Instinct for me all the way. My very first screen name was Instinct 2046. Brittany or Christina? That's tough. I love Brittany's dancing love Christina singing Jessica or Mandy probably Jessica but today it would be Mandy because I love this is us Abercrombie and Fitch or American Eagle Abercrombie and Fitch although they had some weird backstory but I didn't know that at the time so maybe American Eagle I don't know Clinique Happy or Tommy Girl this is tough but probably Clinique Happy I owned all of these things by the way Cucumber Melon or Japanese Cherry Blossom gotta go with Japanese Cherry Blossom because I still wear that today I don't know what that says about me TRL or pop-up video, definitely TRL, definitely. Cruel Intentions or 10 Things I Hate About You, this is also tough, but I'd have to probably say Cruel Intentions and that's not going to go over well with a lot of you, but I love both, but probably Cruel Intentions. She's All That or Never Been Kissed, again, an impossible choice, but probably She's All That and probably mostly for Paul Walker. 
I could wax on and on, but this book encapsulates the experience of being a millennial largely through the lens of pop culture and exploration of the millennial zeitgeist and the life lessons learned for better or for worse from being a member of this generation. So, okay, I'll put two links in the show notes, one with an excerpt of chapter one of the book and a link to buy if you so choose, and one with more information about Read with MC on the whole. So come read with me, y'all. I promise to only bring you the best curated books, nonfiction and fiction. Read with MC is a virtual book club and you can grab Kate's book when it comes out on the 23rd. You can pre-order it now. Then on the 25th, on January 25th, join us on Marie Claire. Instagram, which I will also link in the show notes because Kate is taking over our Instagram. I'm so excited for that. You can ask her anything you want. Then by the 28th, so January 28th, you can leave a review of the book on Instagram or Twitter or X, whatever they're calling it now, using the hashtag readwithmc and your review might just end up in Marie Claire. Keep in mind though that your profile has to be public so I can see it. And then the first week of February, we'll start our monthly virtual book club all over again with a new book to enjoy. I already know what February's is, and it is a fiction book that you won't want to miss. So come hang out with me, not just at I'd Rather Be Reading, but at Read With MC. I can't wait for you to be a part of the book club. Talk soon.